Tonight, tonight, why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. And welcome on in. It is. Overtime with Jonathan Peter. I'm glad you guys could be with me here on this Tuesday. I feel good. We feel good today. I, I, I've battled. We have grinded. In case you're just joining Overtime with Jonathan Peter for the first time this week. If you missed yesterday's show, and we are back to having nearly full schedules throughout the entire Monday through Friday. If you missed yesterday's show, first off, where the hell were you? But number two, it kind of felt like when Shameless used to do their intros, like, well, you missed last week? Where the hell were you? And then they'd like insult people and yell at them, and then they'd get right into the show. It's kind of what it felt like to me. Anyway, where were you is number one. But number two, I, I was dealing with COVID last week. I didn't know how yesterday was going to go. Sunday in the pregame show, I thought went well. Yesterday, I thought went well as well. And trying to figure out how to do a radio show and not cough has been a battle, but I think we figured it out, and uh, we're, we're getting there. I got Jax on the board tonight. Jax, uh, one of the uh, few people, by the way, at 92.3 The Fan that reached out and said, hey, heard you've been sick, heard you've been battling a little bit, hope you're doing all right. I appreciated that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, so we have Jax here. We have James Bridges here. We have Daryl Ryder at 920, as we always do. We also have Aaron Schatz joining us at 8 o'clock and a bunch to get into. Now, because I'm still at my house, and I hope to be back in the studio on Thursday and we can get back to normal programming, even though this feels very normal to me, and it feels like and will for you guys like a normal show, at least it should, no fan focus. I know, I know, I know. I can hear the audible groans across Northeast Ohio. No fan focus. We're going to have to pick that one back up on Thursday, and we'll move on from there. Now, because there's no fan focus, I can't talk about different things that I learned all throughout the day the way that I typically would at 9 o'clock. I, I learned in the 620 segment today that Nick Wilson was a thespian in college. I, I did not know it. I should have guessed it, though. And the entire time he's talking about this, so I, I, it's fun. You know, being home gives me a couple things that I enjoy. And one of them is being able to sit down with my wife and my daughter and be able to actually have dinner together as a family. I just think it's nice. It's very slice of Americana, but it's something that you miss when you do the night show. And I'm fine missing it. I Listen, it's not the end of the world, but when I get a chance to have it, it's, uh, it's just it's cool to me. I, I don't know. Call me lame. Call me whatever you want. I think it's cool. And so we're sitting there. We're eating dinner. And we're not eating dinner like, you know, I guess most Americans where the, the audio's off and everything. No, no, no. Our version of a TV dinner is the in 92.3 The Fan On listening to Afternoon Drive. So we're listening to Afternoon Drive. And Nick goes in this whole thing about being a thespian in college. And I, the way he portrayed it, I thought, was, was nice uh, because he talked about him playing basically a larger woman in a play, but he was saving the grace of any woman having to play this larger character. And I thought it was kind of nice and sweet, but I, but we were just, we were talking about my daughter because my wife did all sorts of acting growing up. And then I never did. And she, she tried, she's been telling me for years. She's like, when we have a kid, the kid is going to be an actor. Kind of like how I tell her, our kid is going to Stanford on a golf scholarship. She tells me the kid's going to be an actress. And I'm like, okay. 
And my response back to that is always simple. I, I think if I had a son, I have a daughter, so the analogy doesn't work 100%. But if I had a son, they have like a much higher chance based off of my background and her background of becoming uh, Jimmy Butler than, or excuse me, Jimmy Fallon than they do Jimmy Butler. It's just not in the cards that they're going to end up being a pro athlete. Now, I hit a very, very high level of bowling, so maybe there's a professional bowler in the future. Maybe that could be in the cards, but outside of that, probably not in the cards. But she's listening along, and she I got to tell you, Nick, you got me in a, a, a not hot water because I'm going to encourage her to do whatever she needs to do and wants to do. Uh, but I, you basically, you, you wrote it in the stars that my little entertainer-to-be is going to be in some sort of plays and some sort of theater and some sort of something around Northeast Ohio. Wouldn't surprise me. If all of a sudden, like seven, eight, nine years old, she's in like a Netflix movie in a background role or something like that. Like that's that's kind of where the conversation went down. It's like, see, if Nick, Nick did acting, look how Nick turned out with his entertainment abilities. Okay. All right. Maybe you got a point there. Although I don't know that I want my daughter to be in the entertainment industry, but I'll let her do whatever she wants to do. I'll probably encourage her to go off and uh, and, you know, basically just have dreams, I think is the big thing. Just have dreams. So anyway, that's where I've been. I, I'm happy to be with you guys. Again, Aaron Schatz coming your way at 8 o'clock. Daryl Ryder at 920. Just happy to be here on a Tuesday. That's honest to God's truth. That's just kind of how I'm feeling. I am just happy to be here. Guy I used to work with in Houston. That was his response every time you asked him. You're like, how you doing today? He's like, I'm good. I'm just happy to be here. Happy to be working. All right, me too. I'm just happy to be here. Happy to be working. Happy to talk to you guys at 216-474-0092. Where I want to start today is a little bit different. Now, what's funny is usually throughout the week, we would do all sorts of different lead-up to the game, and we'd have all sorts of different conversations around the game, but it, it kind of goes as the week goes, right? Monday is typically not the day that you'd unload a lot of your upcoming game predictions, upcoming game thoughts. But yesterday, we got a lot off our chest in regards to C.J. Stroud and what I think personally of the Houston Texans. It happened with reason because the Sunday was an absolute stink. Only interesting thing that happened in that game, apparently, according to the internet, was Jake Browning's girlfriend. That was the only thing that was interesting in that entire game. For the underbetters of that game, maybe it was the fact that Driscoll decided to throw a couple touchdown passes late after not having a pulse for three and a half quarters, but that's a different story for a different time. We did a lot yesterday, and you can Odyssey Rewind. Go back and check it out if you want to. I, I did a lot, and we'll do a lot again today, and I, I'm fascinated to find out how this all unravels as the week goes on, and you see more and more people try to come up with different angles. The funny thing, though, is I could tell today a lot of people spent today, not necessarily on the Browns, although that got sprinkled in a decent amount, a lot of today was spent on the national title game. We did the national title game. Another Odyssey Rewind, you can go back and listen. 11 o'clock last night, I'll touch on maybe a couple few key points that stood out to me after the fact and what I heard and different things like that. But honestly, I, I'm putting that game six feet under. I, I'm turning the page. I'm done with that one. I, as far as the Browns are concerned, what I, I, what I can't get out of my head as I keep hearing more and more convos and I keep unraveling more and more about this game is I, I, this back and forth between whether or not Flacco can actually have a bad game. This back and forth as to whether or not Flacco can actually disappoint you coming up on Saturday. And it just had me thinking, which side do you have more confidence showing up on Saturday? Is it the defense or is it Flacco? Because if what I said yesterday I believe to be true, and I said it so I don't know why I wouldn't believe it to be true, but I said yesterday that I thought 
that the Browns, if they play their game, an A game, I'm not saying a, a C minus game gets you in, but if you play an A minus, A, B plus game, if you play your game and what we've been accustomed to as Browns football is for this year, you win this game. You're two and a half point now. I saw in certain books three point favorites today on the road against a Texans team that lost at times this year to Desmond Ritter throwing up 350 yards. They lost to the Panthers who won two games all year. They got some bad losses on that schedule. But who's got to win this one? Who do you have more confidence won't lay that egg? And part of where my confidence this week comes from in this Browns team is the idea that when called upon, I think the defense and Joe Flacco have both delivered in spades. The, the backbone of this team is twofold. It's Flacco throwing for 300 yards while the defense has shut down every quarterback with the exception of Uncle Rico and Gardner Minshew and Matthew Stafford. There's exactly two out of 17 games that we played, two quarterbacks have gotten to the Browns. I don't think that's bad at all. In fact, Browns defense didn't allow a single 300-yard passer all year long. I don't think C.J. Stroud will be the first one to do it, even though he does lead the league in yards per game. That's a uh, the more you know graphic right there for CBS, Fox. Wherever this game is going, wherever this game is airing, because I, I did a poor job of looking up who's actually airing this game on Saturday, there's your graphic, okay? My little brother actually does make graphics for sporting events, so it doesn't surprise me that one came naturally. Uh, I, you know, Hank Williams spoke about his family traditions being alcohol and drugs. The Peterlin family tradition is noting sports facts that should be used in graphics that 99% of people ignore while watching the game. Tomato, tomato. But it's true. It's 100% true. The Browns' defense didn't allow a single 300-yard passer. They've been unreal when it comes to stopping the quarterbacks. But C.J. Stroud has been unreal in his own category and leading the league as a rookie in the passing yards per game category, something that hasn't been done since 1939. The point is that even though this week would challenge the Browns' defense more than other weeks, and I expect it to, this would be the week they can get tested vertically if there ever was one. And sometimes football is just obvious. When they took on Stanford, uh, Stafford, I had Stanford in my mind because of, uh, because of my daughter's golf scholarship that's obviously going to happen. Stanford, number one golf school for women in the country. No big deal. Stafford and the Rams lined up with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, and they were a deadly combo. And he did exactly what he wanted to do. Same story here, right? Not in that he's going to line up and do exactly what he wants to do. Sometimes the game script calls for the game script, though. And it's not as if Houston has a million different ways that they can beat you. They just don't. What will the quarterback that leads the league in passing yards per game and also never turns the ball over do? In just simple terms, it feels like he would probably have success if they're going to win, throwing for a bunch of yards, not turning the ball over. That's probably the key there, right? But we're going to do this like you're filling in a Scantron test, okay? And you got A and you got B, and there's no option C on this test. You got to fill in a bubble, okay? Let's have some fun with this one. I really, I'm trying to see exactly where you stand with your confidence in the defense that hasn't had to play a quarterback this good since that Rams game, and an offense that Joe Flacco puts up some big numbers, but the advanced analytic community, and we'll talk to one of those in the advanced analytic community coming up at 8, the dude that created DVOA and Aaron Schatz, but they don't think too highly of Joe Flacco. They sit back and they scratch their head at what Joe Flacco is doing. And I'm trying to figure out if deep down where exactly you think 
the cracks, if they exist in this Browns team, actually do exist. I know you guys are high on them. I, I understand that. I'm very high on this Browns team. That's not the most entertaining sports radio we can do, though. We need to unpack this thing, figure it out top to bottom. I can't do a five-hour pep rally for five nights a week. You got to let me dig into some, some of the nitty-gritty and some of the deepness and some of the, uh, the other parts of this game and the other parts of this team that for five-plus weeks now, we've just kind of sat there and said, oh, everyone will show up. Everyone's, gonna, everyone's good. You know, we're, we're, we're the Lego guy uh, screaming, everything is awesome. That's what, that's what we turn into. When we talk about the Browns, which is great. We're not in that spot consistently enough. I love them what we're able to do that, but there's got to be something. When pushed to the limits in asking you who you have more confidence in, the defense right now or Joe Flacco, I know you have an answer for me. So 216-474-0092 on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at J Peterlin, J-P-E-T-E-R-L-I-N. Twitter reactions. Brought to you by our friends over there at Scheibman Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. We come on back. I want to hear that from you guys, and I want to get your answers. I want to get your input. It is, as always, open phone lines for you guys, and I want as many of you in here as we possibly can get. If you're hanging already, please hang tight. Which side do you have more confidence showing up on Saturday? Is it this defense that has been arguably one of the best defenses in the NFL over the previous 10 years? Or is it Joe Flacco, who has been riding a hot hand but is a veteran, and has more road playoff wins than anyone in NFL history tied with Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. 216-474-0092. That and more. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman here with you on The Fan. All righty, back at a year on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterman. Uh, don't mind me just debating all my life choices in between the break there. Uh, what would have happened if I became a thespian in high school and then college instead of doing sports and gambling the way that I did? I actually think I ended up in the one job where maybe going to the horse track every day at 15 might have been all right for me. I ended up in the one job that uh, basically living the life of a 35-year-old. I'm 34, so I'll call it close enough. Uh, degenerate at 15 years old? Probably put me in pretty good space for all this if I'm just being truthful and honest about it. I don't know, though. I... I, let me tell you a quick story, and we'll get back to uh, which side you have more confidence in showing up on Saturday, the defense or Flacco, really quickly. I knew so in, in uh, I went to Lindenwood University in St. Charles, Missouri, just outside of St. Louis on a bowling scholarship. And when I was there, I met a, a guy named Rip Fournier. And this guy was, uh, he wrote for LAPD. He wrote for uh, all the different crime shows you could think of in Hollywood, right? He was a, a big-time Hollywood guy, and for some reason or another, he ended up in St. Louis, and he was just, a, he was an adjunct professor that they then made a full-time professor and because he was just so awesome. He's this great guy. He's one of the last people in America to have polio was another part of his story. Uh, he's passed on since, and it's sad, but uh, he was a great guy, great mentor to me in a lot of ways, right? And he just tell the greatest stories. He's just a great human. And... At one point, because it was a filmmaking class that I was taking, and I didn't have interest in the filmmaking class, but I was a communications major, so you had to you had to do this. And of course, he taught this class because it was right up his alley. And he taught us with different writing classes and stuff like that too. And I did learn a lot from him from that perspective. And he had me come out to do a because he goes, Jonathan, I think you're really funny. I think you would be great for this. I know that you could do that. I need you to come out for this. We're making a film, student film. I need you to come out, and I need you to some, read some lines, and I think you'll be great. I said, Riff, I'm not an actor. There's no part of me that's an actor. I, I'm, it's not me. It's not who I am. He goes, I, John, my boy, I need you to come on out here, and I need you to read some lines. You'll be great. And I said, okay, fine. 
And so I made my way out there and I, I legitimately tried, Like this wasn't one of those, like I half-assed it. And then I turned around and I was like, well, yeah, of course I'm not. And I told you I wasn't an actor. What would you think was going to happen? I legitimately tried and I read that script and he looks at me and he goes, all right, you weren't kidding. You're not an actor. You can leave now. <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't mean to let you down. I thought we'd maybe, I thought it was maybe all right. Was it fine? No, 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 not fine at all. Not fine at all. I, I never felt more like I let him down. And then uh, for the class, I had to be the guy that, that hoisted the boom mic instead. That was my, that was then my role. He was like, yeah, no, you don't, you don't have it. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, okay. In case anyone ever needed to know, guess I don't have it. 216474-092. I will always maintain, even though I did tell you I tried and I did try, I was hungover as hungover gets that day. That was, uh, that was 100% truth, 100% honesty. But there's a lot of days in college that was the case. 216474-092. Right, let me ask you. Part of where my confidence this week comes from is the idea that when called upon, the defense and Joe Flacco both have been great. We're going to do this like a Scantron test, though. A or B, no option on C. Either, there's no other, uh, hey, I, I think that I like Joe Flacco and I think I like the Browns defense. I need you to choose a side because if I'm choosing a side, you got to choose a side as well. The confidence I have for the Browns in this game comes from the defense more than it comes from Joe Flacco for me. Flacconomics a term I coined, still exists in my brain, and I can't get rid of it. Flacconomics, for the uninitiated, for every five good passes he has, he's got one bad pass. Flacconomics, send it to your friends. It's never going to catch on, but send it to your friends. He, he, just, he, he makes so many inopportune mistakes, but it's okay because he's got the defense that'll let him out, and he's got the, the playmakers, and usually at that point when he makes the mistakes, he's already thrown for 300 yards, and it's okay. Uh, who else could have that first half that he had big national nighttime game, Thursday night football against the Jets, throws for 296 yards in the first half, throws for 13 yards and falls asleep on the bench in the second half, and nobody brings it up ever. Who else but Joe Flacco could do that? Legitimately fell asleep on the bench multiple times in the second half of the game while throwing for a whopping 13 yards. And everyone's like, <laughs> where do I buy the t-shirts? And I like Joe. I got confidence in Joe. That's what he does. But you're going up against a Houston team that if I need to depend on any one side of this, I think the majority of people would say they would depend on Joe Flacco beating Houston's defense as opposed to C.J. Stroud being stopped by our defense. But that's not where I see it. I, I got belief in this defense because I've just seen them take down Lamar. I've seen them take down uh, Joe Burrow. I, I watched them go in there against Brock Purdy and, and it just absolutely embarrass a quarterback that up until that point hadn't lost a regular season game. They are awesome against basically every quarterback they played with the exception of Gardner Minshew and Matthew Stafford. I'm going to bet on that. 216474 to below 92. Which side do you have more confidence showing up on Saturday? Is it the defense or is it Flacco? Ryan in Vegas going to lead us off here on the fan tonight. Hello, Ryan. What's up, man? Peterlin, man. Great to talk to you, man. It's, it's tough to get to listen to you, meaning um, my scheduling, you know, it doesn't allow it except for Brown's pregame and obviously sometimes or whatever late night. I digress, Ryan, man. Ryan. Just, 
Ryan, Ryan, we got the yes, we got the Odyssey app where you can download and then you can rewind and go back. We have uh, you, right. can, you can find it on 923thefan.com, the little podcast section. You go to my show and then it shows up in podcast form the first two hours, fan focus, any interviews we do. It's all right there, my friend. I mean, I, I listen, I that, that's a bad excuse in 2024. <laughs> I'm on it, man. You sold me. I you're uh, good in, Inexcusable. Hey. That that right. that's what you came up with there, Ryan. I'm gonna I'm gonna slap my hand just this yes, you're right, man. I'm on it. But hey, I'm I giving you a million that, ways. Million ways to find <laughs> me. All right, what do you got? <laughs> got it. Hey, no, I'm on the same page as you, buddy. I mean, uh, again, um not taking anything away from Flacco. Obviously you're kinda getting uh to the subject at hand, the defense of Flacco, confidence level, whatever it may be. Again, I'm not steering anything away from Flacco's success, obviously what he's allowing, but at the same time rational Browns fan taking off the Browns goggles for a second and seeing um, uh, X's and O's. I mean, he does, he has a lot of blunders and I want to say, uh, God forbid, hypothetically, which we didn't see if this defense didn't keep him in games, we, he could have lost a lot of these games. And this Flacco guy yeah. that we might haul, you know, hail is a, a statue out of Cleveland Brown stadium of things fruition, uh, may not come to, may not have come to fruition if that defense didn't get him out. With that being said, I understand the quarterback gets all the accolades and the negativities, obviously win or lose, obviously same thing with head coach defense, the uglies, the big nasties in the middle. Guards, defensive tackles—they they just get no respect. It's just—but again, guys like you and me, probably a lot of listeners, they know where the true um, nitty gritty is coming from. With that being said, the game in Houston, I got more confidence in defense. Definitely, don't get me wrong. It's not even—it's—it's it's not as if it's lopsided. It's just saying the defense. I know for a fact is going to be just wow. They're going to pin their ears yeah. back. This is yeah. the moment. This is the time. Flacco is cool, calm, collective under these circumstances. He will be Flacco. But I really think the chains will be unleashed when it comes to just attacking that opposition, obviously C.J. Stroud, et cetera, with the defense. I think we just got momentum started with what this defense truly has in store, which makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Uh, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you. And again, don't 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 be slow on that Odyssey app. Got to get there. Download it. Overtime with Jonathan Peter, and you can find me everywhere. And you can do so for a lot of hours up until after this show airs. Want to go back and listen to my thoughts last night in the college football title game? It's still up. You can do it. Odyssey Rewind. Come back and listen to this show right now. The point is, and the point remains, though, on Saturday. If I'm sitting there watching that game and it's the third quarter and C.J. Stroud has already thrown for 250 yards with a pair of touchdown passes, I will be on the floor flabbergasted. Absolutely flabbergasted. I won't be able to deal with myself. I'll, I'll be in that. I'll be in like a, a little curled up position as if I, I am getting ready to throw up and vomit. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. That won't make sense to me. The world will not make sense to me. I'm going to have to make sure uh, I'm going to go out of my house, make sure there's still stars up in the sky, make sure that like the world is still spinning. I'm going to try to, there's going to be a lot of soul searching if that's the case, because it just won't make sense to me. The world will not make sense to me if the defense lets CJ Stroud absolutely roast him. But if Joe Flacco goes out there on Saturday and Joe Flacco plays a less than uh, average football game and then maybe throws a couple interceptions and, and we turn around and we're like, yeah, Joe Flacco really wasn't good in that game. I'm, I don't expect that to happen. I expect him to be good. I expect him to put up 300 yards and do what he's been doing. But if that's how that goes down, the earth is going to keep spinning and I won't have to go outside and trust that it's still spinning, okay? As if I can like, go outside and actually see the earth spinning. I don't know why I think that I can. I can't. But you know what I mean. I, I, everything will have continued to make sense. I won't doubt life completely. 
I can't envision this defense just vomiting all over their shoes, though. I can't envision that. 216-474-0092. Jeff in Eastlake up next on The Fan. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Hey, Jeff. What's up, man? Hey, I agree a lot with the first caller. Uh, the second thing, don't worry. You won't have to worry. I don't think that'll happen. And then there's one question I w- wanted to ask you. Sure. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Deshaun Watson says tomorrow, hey, I'm ready to play. Come on, could you put me in uh, this Saturday? What would you do? What would your next quarterback, you know, who would it, who would it be? That's oh, all I got to okay. ask. And, uh, I'll that's answer it. it. I'll answer it. Thank you, Jeff. Some people dodge this question. I don't know why. I mean, I got Sports Talk Radio host. I'll answer any question you got at me as long as we don't get too sidetracked here. Uh, Deshaun Watson says, I'm healthy. I want to play in this game. I want to beat Houston. You paid me $230 million. Go ahead and give me the football coach. I would say this. Deshaun, you see that clipboard over there? That's you, buddy. You got it. Go put on that uniform, and you can hold that clipboard all day long. No chance. No chance he touches the field. This is Flacco's season. But it doesn't matter because that's a complete hypothetical. And I love hypotheticals. That's why I'll amuse it, and I'll play along with it. But this this is Joe Flacco's year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, we're going to have a lot of conversations in the offseason about everything else that transpires after and how this season goes down. But it's, it's Deshaun Watson's team. It's Joe Flacco's year. 216-474-0092. Which side do you have more confidence showing up on Saturday? Is it the defense or is it Flacco? And if I was building out the case for Joe, because it feels like I need to start building out a little bit of a case for Joe. My, my vote, by the way, is obviously for the defense if I haven't made that clear. But the case I would be building is that in this Browns offense, we haven't seen a stinker from Joe Flacco. We haven't seen just a flat-out bad game. We've seen some flat-out bad throws, but we haven't seen a flat-out bad game. The man is tied with Tom Brady for the most postseason road games. It's a weird stat because Patrick Mahomes has never even played in a road playoff game, so it's impressive but not in the way that people think. It's impressive, but it also comes with some warning signs attached to it since you don't get to consistently beat the road team unless you weren't that great in the regular season. Kind of like, it's like, uh, it's impressive in the way that if a buddy told you that he ate so much food at the all-you-can-eat buffet that they charged him twice, you're kind of like, okay, I mean, that's a lot of food, man. Congrats, Kobayashi, but also maybe we got to talk about how you just digested enough sodium to kill a small horse. I'm impressed with the road win starts, but it also means you weren't the number one seed enough times for it to matter. He still has the wins, though. He's 38 years old. He's been in the NFL. He has been a a proven commodity in the postseason and in the regular season. That's what you got to link on if you're trying to talk up Joe Flacco in any sort of way. But I want to hear from you guys. 216-474-0092. Which side do you have more confidence showing up on Saturday, the defense or is it Flacco? Nick in Cleveland up next on The Fan. What's up, Nick? Hey, so I'm with the defense on this one, and for a couple of reasons here, you have to think about the veteran players in the offseason that we got. Thornhill, Ogbo, Zadarius Smith, those are veteran players with experience, and seriously, the headspace of this Browns team is different from any other year. I mean, of course they're different, but I mean, it's just been a, such a, you know, each, if you watch the press conferences, everyone answers, want to know this week, want to know this week. They're not concerned about the exterior factors. You know, it's just they're focused on this game, and I'm really I'm really confident in this team, you know. And, I, you know, I wish Delpit was back. I mean, that would make that secondary that much more 
better, but I just really stepped up in a magnificent way. And I'm just with this defense. I don't think Flacco is going to throw a stinker. I mean, he does it something where you he'll throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns and two interceptions. But I'm confident in the defense when it's third and one and it matters. They'll get a stop. We've seen them do it before. We've seen random players step up. It seems like anybody, uh, everyone and anyone. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I, as I was sitting here and I was thinking about this question and I'm going through my thoughts, it just it, it kept coming back to the same thing it feels like a lot of you guys are coming back to. There is, there is a lot of confidence in this Browns defense. When three, four, five weeks ago, after that Chicago game, for instance, after that Rams game, after the Broncos, that little stretch right there, it kind of felt like the confidence in the defense had kind of waned just a little bit. We went from calling them the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, to then being like, they, they're probably the best defense the NFL has seen in the previous 10 years. They're good. Uh, but like, you, even, even still, when I try to talk up the defense, I still get a lot of people that clap back and tell me, yeah, but Jonathan, what quarterbacks have they played since Matthew Stafford? And then they try to go through this list as if the, the Browns could do anything and change their schedule. Like, I'm sorry that Trevor Lawrence turned out to stink this year. That's not... That's not an indictment on the Browns' defense. That's an indictment on Trevor Lawrence. It's not the Browns' defense fault. But C.J. Stroud comes with about as many accolades as a rookie quarterback can come with. Not since, what, RG3 had that rookie season? Maybe Andrew Luck with his rookie season? Like, he's up there with the some of the great rookie seasons that we've ever seen. And so you would think instinctively more fans would be concerned about how our defense looks up against C.J. Stroud. But I don't know. Maybe it's just smart overtime with Jonathan Peterman listeners. Maybe I just drilled this into your guys' head enough, and you guys are very good at being perceptive. And, I mean, you listen to this station. You listen to this show. You're smart people. So maybe you guys just picked up on what I picked up on, is that I, there just isn't a quarterback that scares me. There should be, but there isn't a quarterback that scares me. I should be shaking in my boots when talking about C.J. Stroud. The man is number one in passing yards per game as a rookie. He is sixth in passer rating. He has five interceptions on the year. I mean, it's crazy the numbers that he has. Limits the turnovers as an offense number one in the NFL in that category. They're crazy impressive. And I'm just not scared. I'm just not scared. Because this defense has shown me time and time again that they're going to show up in a big way. 216-474 to below 92. If you're hanging, hang tight. I'll get you coming up on the other side. I promise you that. we got Aaron Schatz joining us at 8 o'clock. Which side do you have more confidence showing up Saturday? Is it the defense or is it Flacco with another 300-yard performance? Your calls, your tweets, and more. In time with Jonathan Peterman here with you on The Fan. All righty, back out of here on the fan, Aaron Schatz, the creator of DVOA. He's going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes or so, get you the latest on, yeah, I'm dying to find out what he thinks about Joe Flacco. I really am. Because all the advanced analytic people, they don't love him the way that we love him. They're not really buying uh, those t-shirts that Flacco is selling online and in different merchandise spots where, uh, he, you know, Flacco fans since 23, those, they're not really buying into that. They seem to think it's more smoke and mirrors. I contend that if you watch these games, he's obviously done a good job. I think we all know that. And the times he ma he's made mistakes, it's not really been a big deal. But how do you argue with the fact that C.J. Stroud doesn't turn the ball over basically ever? Five interceptions on the entire year. He is the he led the set eight eight NFL rookie record for most amount of throws to start out a career without an interception. The man has been nails. He doesn't turn the ball over. 
Browns do turn the ball over. Even though the Browns get a lot of turnovers, they turn the ball over a lot. And I think if there's one part of this game that's kind of scaring me a little bit, it would be that part of it. But I'm asking you guys, 216-474 to below 92, which side do you have more confidence showing up on Saturday? Is it the defense or is it Flacco? And I'm getting some reactions on Twitter. Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Big Cleveland guy says, Brown's defense hasn't been great in domes this year. Aside from the game in Houston against Case Keenum, the elements have favored the Browns this year, and I rarely ever see it that way. That's interesting and something I hadn't thought of, which is funny because this is what I do for a living, and I, I think about basically everything Cleveland Browns 24-7. It's a sickness I have. It's, it's fine. It's a sickness I have, though. Just constantly think about this team, constantly think about everything. I hadn't thought about the dome equation. Have they played enough domes to really make that statement, though? Like, I'm going through the list here. We had the Colts game, where obviously that was the game Gardner Minshew went into absolute ham. All right, let's play with it for a second. Because the Colts game and that Rams game, and SoFi is a dome, but sometimes they open up the dome. I don't remember if it was open that day. I'm going to play with the idea that it was closed, because I feel like I've seen it closed more times than I've seen it open. So in Indy is when our defense melted down and the Colts had 450-plus yards of total offense and Gardner Minshew, Uncle Rico threw for almost 300 yards. The Rams game is the other game that we almost allowed. It was it was right on the nose, or right near the nose of 400 yards total offense. 399, if memory serves me right off the top of my dome there, in that Rams game. So it was the Colts and the Rams. We haven't played too many domes outside of that. I think Houston's the only other one. And that would be the game, as the tweeter pointed out, that that was Case Keenum. And Case Keenum, no apologies to you, that doesn't really count the same way. Huh. You want to galaxy brain this one into getting me scared? Here I am. I don't bet on the Browns. That's kind of like a rule I have. I just don't bet on the Browns games because I have so much emotionally attached to it. I don't need the extra dollars that would be attached to winning a game. I, I was this close earlier today just putting the entire bankroll, the entire thing, on the Browns this weekend because I just every way I look at this game I just have so much confidence I, this close I, I mean I was I was right there I put the entire bankroll in and then I thought to myself if you bet it all tonight you got nothing to foolishly bet on Kings Pistons with so maybe it would have been better if I did bet it tonight because I'm on the wrong side of that game currently but I didn't do it mainly because I don't need any more emotional incentive but watching or hearing something like that okay I'll play with the idea, but I don't know. They played in too many games that were sunshine and were about as good as you can get as far as the weather is concerned for me to be scared. That Bengals game week one was a perfect, that was chamber of commerce weather out there in Cleveland against Cincinnati, and we absolutely destroyed Joe Burrow. He threw 67 yards in that game. Steelers, week after that, at Pittsburgh, perfect game. Tennessee, perfect game. We had so many really nice weather games, all things considered. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. That guy in Cleveland up next on the fan. What's up, that guy? Bonjour. Bonjour. How's it going? What's up, man? I wanted to extend that a bit longer, like sort of how you like open up your show with like that long extended <laughs> and. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to steal from you. It might be a no, copyright thing. <laughs> that was that was a good one. I'm dying to find out how you end it, but we got to get there first. What's on your mind tonight, man? Um. So, as for how I feel, like how, how confident I feel about this Browns team on both sides. I mean, I, I feel confident both ways, but like I guess if I had to lean towards 
one or the other, I definitely would have to put it on the defense. And my reason being would be because, like, you know, we lead the league in, like, turnovers and stuff like that. So uh, that's pretty much what I'm – that's where, where my thinking is um, and my confidence is at. It's all, it's all on the defense for me, baby. All right. You going to do it or no? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. Who's that guy? I'm that I'm guy. I'm that guy. Come on. Oh. And, hey, we do have James Bridges here tonight, so you, you got a chance to get Wally pipped with your own tagline once again. That was a better one, though. I like what you, that was a better one. You're working on it. Not bad. 7.2 out of 10. 216 to below 92. Downtown Tommy up next on the fan. What's up, Downtown Tommy? Hi, John. How you doing? What's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> yeah, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, listen, I got this story for you. You probably heard it uh, about Flacco, but I got a pretty good source that was there at his workout when he first came to Cleveland. And he went against the number one defense. And uh, now I know they're in pads, but the first time he went against it with the, with the number one offense, he, they got a touchdown with him throwing the ball. The second time, he got another touchdown. The third time, they pressed it up and started doing some blitzing and some other stuff. He got another touchdown. The fourth time, they did a few more things. He got another touchdown against the number one defense. They were so impressed. The Browns were so impressed that they were flabbergasted. Now, I, asked, I got an inside source that told me this story. So, that's my answer. I'm not worried about Flacco. I'm, I'm a little worried about the defense. But I have a feeling, <clears throat> Jonathan, Yeah. if this defense was in New York or in L.A., we'd be hearing about it every day. And I think they're going to show the world, man. And I think we're going to the Super Bowl. And I'm not drinking right now. <laughs> I, I, hey, listen, I, ooh, I, I can't even laugh at you for that one. And thank you, Downtown Tommy. I appreciate you, man. And I don't know who your sources are. I have heard that story myself, though. So maybe we, maybe we have the same sources, Downtown Tommy. I don't know. Uh, I, no, it's, it's not a crazy thought. And that's, that's kind of what's, what's funny is I remember a few weeks ago, when uh, I started getting calls about the Browns in the Super Bowl, and initially you're like, guys, let's pump the brakes. Flacco's been here for a week, and then Flacco's been here for two weeks, and then three weeks, and four weeks, and five weeks, and now it's, it's not crazy. You're the second-best team in the AFC. And, but what I love about this Browns team for this matchup is you have multiple ways to get the job done. I feel like on Houston's side of things, Houston has C.J. Stroud and a hope and a prayer. The Browns have Joe Flacco can win you a game, and the defense can win you a game. Think about it. The defense just does what they did to Joe Burrow in week one of the season. Deshaun Watson wasn't great week one of the season. He was fine. He wasn't great. But you only needed to score, you know, two field goals to beat the Bengals in week one because Joe Burrow was shut down in such a way. And we've seen that so many times this season with this Browns team. I mean, think about the games that the Browns have played where it really didn't matter who the quarterback was because the defense had been so dominant. I know Arizona's not the greatest team in the world. You shut them out completely. Tennessee might not be the greatest team we've ever seen. Tennessee played tough at certain points this year, by the way, for whatever that's worth. You score, you score two field goals, you win that game. You didn't need to put up 27. You just had to score four points. You win that game. Cincinnati, same exact story. Browns have a million different ways they can win. Houston doesn't. They have C.J. Stroud, and that's it. 216-474-0092, LeVon in Cleveland. Up next on the fan. What's up, LeVon? What's going on? Yo, how are you? Yeah, I got the game plan for the Browns. Now, All right. 
Now, now, now the defense is going to carry because we got Miles Garrett and Joe Flacco is going to throw the ball, like throw it far because we throw it far, and if they intercept it, it'd be like a punt. Mm-hmm. And we're going to honor our running game for Jim Brown, and we're going to get some plays to uh, Kareem Hunt on the outlet, let him catch the ball, and, and let him get some good running plays. And Super Bowl, Super Browns, going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Th- yeah, thank you, LeVon. I appreciate you, man. And, uh, you know, I did, I did, I learned. It's like a magic trick. You got to, once you learn how to do the Super Bowl, Super Browns, it becomes addicting. You kind of want to do it all the time. I haven't, I don't know what to do with that. Ooh, Jax, I might need a judgment call from you. I don't know. When I was in with Ken and Anthony a couple weeks ago, I set the record for Super Bowl, Super Browns in one show. It was after the Thursday night win. I was on Friday morning, and we just did it all morning long. But I was on their show. I don't know. Can we do Super Bowl, Super Browns not on their show? I I, I want to because, again, it's like I learned a magic trick. I, I learned how to do it now. I got it down. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be... I don't want to be accused of stealing anyone's bits. I don't want to be, but it's also fun. And at this point, it's kind of made it into a a different, it's a different deal than just one show's bit, I feel like. I, Jax, what, what's the call here? I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's kind of their thing. I do too. I do too. It would feel wrong if I did it in any other capacity. How about this? If you guys call in and you start off Super Bowl... I'm not going to leave you hanging on the Super Brown side of things, okay? Can we make that agreement? If they, if you call in and you start it, I'll, I won't leave you hanging, but I won't initiate it myself. Jax, I feel like that's a fair judgment call. Yeah, that's fair, but I think you just got you got you got to give more emphasis on it. I I saw you, I heard you uh, when you opened the show with it. The open was bad. Oh. The open the open was bad. <laughs> Admittedly, that's the problem. Is as everyone heard the open because that's when Ken was on, and I didn't. I I lacked a lot of oomph on it. Because I didn't have it down at that point. And then by like 6.40, I had done it like seven times. And so I figured out what you have to do. The trick to it. Okay? The trick to Super Bowl, Super Browns on the radio, which is different than when you guys just call in and whatever, is you got to stand far enough away from the mic. If you're too close to the mic, you're going to run out of gas. If you stand like five feet away from the mic, you got it. And that's what I, that's what I wasn't doing. That's how I missed. Like Charles, up next on the fan. What's up with Charles? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I just wanted to um, give my thoughts about the Texans-Browns. Uh, as a collegiate uh, football player, you know, C.J. Stroud and his accolades, man, you know, I, I want to credit that to him almost having the best left tackle in the league in Laramie Tunsil. And Wait, I think were, that you, were you a collegiate football player, or are you talking about C.J. Stroud being a collegiate football player? No, I'm a collegiate football player currently. And um, Where do you play with, Charles? I'm at Notre Dame College, D2, in Cleveland. Okay. You know what's fun? If you would have stopped after Notre Dame, that would have been <laughs> – you could have got me. I would have been like, oh, <laughs> right. fighting Irish. You're like, Notre Dame College. College. No, yeah. Um, but D2 is no, impressive, though. D-line is going to give him a run for his money, and the secondary is definitely going to put him to the test. You know, the offense is meshing. We get Elijah Moore back. Uh, I think it's going to be a real good game. Were you an offensive lineman? Uh, I was in high school, but I'm now on the defensive side. You're on the defensive side. Okay. All right. All right. Good luck to you at Notre Dame, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. All right. I mean, I pulled up somebody's page. I don't know if it was our guy, Lee Charles, or not, but uh, if it was, you keep doing you, man. That's awesome. D2 football's tough. All right. I want more on this. I want to find out what the analytic community thinks about Joe Flacco. Uh, I, I, I know... 
I know what PFF and I know what some of the other guys think about Flacco. They're less than impressed. I don't really care. You can take your analytics and shove it as far as I'm concerned because Joe Flacco, my eyes tell me he looks good and the interceptions are just in bad and, and awful times uh, when it comes to the box score. But when it comes to the actual game, it doesn't really matter as much. But where do the analytics fall on this? And what else can we find out within the Browns and the Texans? And is C.J. Stroud really this good? The guy that does the quarterback tier rankings. He pulls all the different executives across the NFL. He'll join us coming up next. Creator of DVOA, Aaron Schatz on Overtime with Jonathan Peterman. Happens next right here on The Fan.